Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. I am super excited about our guests today because I think you're going to learn a lot. I think you're going to laugh. Your ribs are going to hurt, and I think we're just going to have a ton of fun today. So with no further ado, today on the show, I'd like to welcome Scott Mason, consultant, inspirational speaker, and podcast host. Scott is the owner of Scott Mason LLC, which is a consulting firm for small businesses to ultimately improve leadership skills and take their company to the next level. Scott also hosts Purpose Highway, a podcast that highlights the social changes in society that ultimately impacts an individual's search for connection and meaning. Thanks for joining us today, Scott. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And best description of my podcast ever. Better than I do sometimes. (laughs) I'll send send you the verbiage. (laughs) Please. (laughs) You know, and I have to tell you, and we're going to talk about this later, but just I am such a fan of your podcast. Thank you. I love mutual admiration societies. (laughs) You know, it's so much fun. (laughs) So before we dig into the meat, and I think our audience is really going to love this story. I always like to talk about how we got connected because I want to emphasize all the different ways that we can network and build out our community. So Scott, how did we get connected? We got connected because I follow someone whose podcast you appeared on. Yeah. And the thing that was so striking, and it's a surprising thing, the substance of your background and what you do were described in the marketing collateral for the podcast. So of course that's gonna get attention because it was solid. That being said, there's a lot of amazing, interesting people out there. You stood out because of how you presented yourself. In your the photo that you sent to the podcast host, little things like, the imagery that we choose to represent who we are to the world. Sometimes people don't think a lot about it. They may just do a headshot on their iPhone or whatever. You clearly had done that. It sent such a vibe out about your personality. And I remember I commented about it in a LinkedIn post on that person's because it stood out so much. The next thing you know, it may have been you that reached out to me or Mm -hmm. whoever, but phone calls happen and best friendships (laughs) were created all because of a cool picture. Well, and the confidence to reach out, you know, for you to say something, because had you never said something, it would have never happened. And so that's what I really want to encourage people to do is have that confidence. You know, my mentor always tells me, get your ask in gear. One other thing that, that relates to is when you talk about networking all the time or when you're learning about it, you ceaselessly hear add value, add value, add value. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people get paralyzed. They think that adding value means they need to bring the president of the United States to the next BNI meeting. It doesn't (laughs) need to be that. It can simply be something as small as saying, this woman looks interesting. 
And I love that photo of her. I added value. Now, that really wasn't what's on what was on my mind. It wasn't that calculated. I believe just in being generous with praise and, and honest about how I'm feeling about good things that come into life because it's too short not to. But that being said, I was adding value to the podcast host who was now knowing that her, the work and effort she put into this was being noticed by someone in the world and by you who got praise from a stranger. It, it, and again, look at what happened. I Now we have a new best friendship. Exactly. Because I honestly, after that conversation, I knew we were meant to meet. I knew it. We had oh, yeah. too much in common. So, yes, but yes. so for today, we're going to talk about you. So you have a very impressive background, including graduating from Columbia with a law degree. Oh, my God. Graduating yes. from Goldman Sachs 10K small business program. Yes. Can you tell me about your experience and what you learned? Well. The podcast is only so long <laughs> and your audience will only listen to so much. <laughs> and I do have more questions. So in a nutshell. <laughs> and even I can be kind of boring if I'm droning on for too long. That being said, the one thing that I'll talk about that's been on my mind about what I learned all along is that knowing who and what you are, shifting your life choice as you grow and change, being open to experience and going for what is allegedly beyond your reach are some of the greatest skills that can lead to success in life no matter what. And by the way, that is as adventurous as the journey of any Greek hero. And that's what I'm that's what I want for everyone. All of us deserve that. That is so beautiful. I was just ha literally having this conversation in the green room before we came on with a lady that I just met. And she was like, yeah, I'm doing this, but I'm really not happy about it. And I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Call me. We're going to do a coaching session and we're going to figure out what is going to make you happy. Get you mm -hmm. outside your comfort zone and help you live that purpose highway life. Right? Exactly. The purpose highway is going somewhere. It doesn't need to, nor should it be, a dead end into some desert. And by the way, I say that as someone who lived a life that was, particularly in the professional sphere, that was a dead end desert for too long. So how did you get out of that desert? Eventually, first of all, it was a number of different steps and I had to accept that. It took me a little while to figure out exactly what was the right tributary that I needed to hop onto in order to really hit what I call the great providential river? But taking those steps, saying to yourself, I'm willing to do something that's different. I have to do something that's different. And then actually doing it, taking a risk and saying, okay, um, this is what's going to happen and I'll see what it is was the first step. I will say, when I say it was a matter of urgency, Casey, I worked in government, as you know, for nearly 20 years, and I had some amazing positions. The last job I had there, I was second in command of a government agency with $100 million in revenue, and I had an office that was palatial. It was bigger than my apartment. Oh, wow. And yes, you know, waste to ceiling windows where I was overlooking the Hudson River and would see these cruise ships go by and a, a personal closet, all, like all this. It was nice. But I would go for meetings and I would step onto the sidewalk and I'd see those carts where they sell coffee for 75 cents. And I would look at the man 
selling the coffee. And I'd feel nothing but hatred, envy. I'd see him smile when he got those three quarters and gave that coffee. I couldn't even imagine what it was like to be that way. And when you're in a state where you have a major leadership role and you're jealous of someone because you see them smile, you're full mm -hmm. of rage because it can't be you, it's time to make a change. And so I actually did what you're never supposed to do, which is to leave a job without another job. But I felt we don't I recommend that. <laughs> yeah, I, and I and I do not urge anyone to follow my advice. But on the other hand, if I didn't do something, the thing about so many of these large organizational jobs for someone like me was that I could just get used to being angry and mm -hmm. unhappy. I mean, that could become a default state. It never occurred to me that I could be someone that would feel joy in my job. And so I knew I had to shake something up and I was unhappy with the boss I had anyway. But yeah, I mean, look, I took a risk and it took a while for me to rebuild, but that began a journey to rebuilding. It began a journey of being used to being out of the comfort zone of doing things that were different and understanding that the future that we hold is more in our hand than it can be comfortable to acknowledge oh. sometimes. So many knowledge nuggets and everything you've said so far, but you're right. I mean, we do hold our future in our own hands and we have that ability to choose each moment. My situation for my pivot was a little bit different than yours. You know, my company ended up closing and I was looking for a new job and this recruiting came along. And so it was still a risk you know, as far as compensation, mm -hmm. but I wasn't walking away from a job. I didn't have a job. So I was kind of like, well, yeah. this will work, you know, and it turned out to be the best decision in my life. So based on what you've learned, how do you help businesses apply these same principles today? A couple of things. First of all, in both the governmental and the non-governmental work that I did, I have developed basic organizational leadership skills, which is the underlying skill outside of subject matter expertise that mm -hmm. makes or breaks a business. And I would argue sometimes, or leadership skills, particularly executive and business leadership skills, a whole suite, everything from finance to HR to just decision-making and, and executive capacity, all of those things sometimes could be more important than subject matter expertise. Because you see sometimes people that don't do a particular thing as well as their competitors still making it because they are actual business leaders and leading their companies accordingly. So A, I bring to the table an actual understanding of how to lead an enterprise. And I say that, that you, I'm sure of all people know that that is itself an independent but oft ignored skill set, mm -hmm. separate from everything. Yep. Number two, an understanding of a core value mm. and a core component of what makes a business able to differentiate itself that determines its trajectory and can make or break it. And that is its alignment with the true purpose of its ultimate avatar, which is the owner or the owners, particularly at a smaller level or in the founders, or even if it's at a larger level, the avatar of the people that are the business leadership. 
when you're a leader in a business setting, when you're a leader in any setting, the flock that you are tending or the, the palace that you're building is always in your image. And going from career to career has helped me refine who and what I am as an individual. It's transformed me. And so when I'm walking my own business path, after going through all of the things I've gone through and, and learning the lessons that I have, I know who and what Scott Mason is. And I am prepared to lead that organization. Every business leader truly needs to understand that about themselves. A business isn't just a, P, a legal document that says I'm a business and fills out tax forms. It is a human enterprise. It absolutely can become an entity unto itself, right? And, and yeah. just kind of, you know, you've made a few big career moves in your life. And, you know, I know we kind of what, talked about what drove you to make these pivots, but what advice can you share to help others navigate pivots in order to have a happy and sustainable career? I know you're all about that. Yes. So first of all, Never forget what I call the magic formula that connects you to purpose, because it's always going to be easier for you to move forward successfully in your career if you have some connection to your purpose. And I believe that is skills plus experience times service. Skills mm. plus experience in parentheses times service. At the end of the day, we all have a unique set of skills that we were given we all have experiences that are unique to us as individuals. And then who and what do those best prepare us to serve is what will lead you to that sense of professional purpose. Oftentimes people talk about passion, but is that tied to your skills and experience? And is it serving an actual business or an actual set of business stakeholders that will pay for it? If not, it is just a passion or a hobby or something that you do because you care about. Other times there can be a sense of service, but without connection to your skills and experience. And that can provide some justification for remaining on a career path, but I will argue that ultimately it makes it unfulfilling. I worked in the nonprofit sector, for instance. I worked for the country's largest domestic violence shelter service provider, and it also ran home, runs homeless services. <laughs> That's providing a service. No one in their right mind would say, oh, there's no value to domestic violence shelters. Let abused women just stay in their house. Right. That's just not the way, the, or if they do, they're so evil, we can't listen to them anyway. <laughs> But that wasn't aligned with my core skills and experience. As uplifting and wonderful as it was, it still was unfulfilling because it wasn't the right match for me. So I say, when you build a sustainable, and again, it is a process, it's an evolution. And I, again, sp speak to that as someone who has done more evolving and changing and development than anyone, but ultimately get there. That's the tributary that will take you into the providential river that will shoot you into the arms of happiness. I and sustainability. absolutely love all that. And I really feel like I love that you have set the example that you can. I mean, you spent a lot of time in school to, for your first career <laughs> and probably a lot of money to have <clears throat> that boldness to switch and pivot and do something different. And 
a lot of people don't understand that, you know, just like my background was accounting. I thought I was stuck there. I thought that, well, that's what I chose. That's what I have to do. And when I finally saw there was a different path and I've taken a couple of different steps like you, although I've remained in recruiting, but it's, it's veered and it's, you know, gone into coaching and it's gone into podcasting and supporting the recruiting business in other ways. So I really hope people listen to what you've just said and that they'll go back and re-listen to it because if you want to find true happiness, you got to find your purpose. You've got to find your purpose. And that formula that you just gave is brilliant. I've never heard it put that way before. So thank you for that. That's no, thank you. That we could just like mic drop in the show. So <laughs> but we're not going to. <laughs> Too bad that would be so dramatic. It would have been dramatic. We should have saved that for the end. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, you talk about three things that a business needs to do. Grow, scale, and sustain. What yes. do these three th words mean to you and why are they so important? Mm. Growth, we'll talk about that one first. Growth means revenue growth or impact growth or employee growth or some other measurable um, status increase or impact or, or um, input or I'm sorry, output increase that is taking the direction, the business in a direction that is aligned with what the owner's purpose is. Why I think that's so important is because if you ain't growing, your competition is. And a growing competition will take you out of business. Even your most loyal customers or clients mm -hmm. do not want to be associated with a business that is being outstripped and outpaced. It's human nature. People like to associate with winners. Yes. You hear all the time, oh, I don't want my company to grow that much or I'm on my way out. So I'm just sort of sustaining. Well, yeah, if you want to be out, just relax. Take your feet off that pedal and just go into cruise control. Now, you may be out faster than you realize, but you've got to grow. Also, there's an ethical issue there. And this is something I'm passionate about with regards to growth. If your business is successful, Casey, and if it's aligned with your purpose, it's because the skills and experience that you have gathered, right, times that service, have been appropriately manifested in that world. We have all been given the gift by the universe of skills and experience. If you choose to say, I've got all these skills and experience, but I'm not going to take it out into the world to the max. I'm just going to hide it away in my little closet, maybe share them with two or three people, but everyone else in the world that needs it, oh, they can just do without. Then I'll argue you're hurting other people and you are thumbing providence or the universe or the cosmos or whatever gave you those gifts in its face. And that, Casey, is unethical. So growth has an ethical component and I stand by that and will until the day I die. Scale. You can't grow as most of us hopefully at least know in theory unless we do it in a way that is replicable Mm -hmm. particularly now that we have technology to do that, and that is actually not going to cause an implosion of the business onto itself. As we, as is commonly stated, the most risky time in the history of a business enterprise is during a growth phase because they haven't put in systems, processes, or basic controls that make sure that that growth is 
not it can be a healthy wonderful growth spurt like an adolescent becoming a young adult or it can be like a cancer that mm. ultimately eats the organism within which it's growing so i like businesses to not die of you know business cancer <laughs> i like them to become healthy adults that's what scaling is about sustain the pandemic mm. has shown yeah right that things can turn on a dime not only that but sometimes charismatic founders leave organizations and the organization hasn't set up scalability yeah. systems yet right and then all of a sudden the organization collapses so making sure that it is something lastable again unless you're someone who believes oh i want no legacy I want to just be completely forgotten. My goal in life was to be, be meaningless and to just be uh, just to be dust and have no one care that I ever existed. If that's your goal, none of this applies to you. But if your goal is to actually have some impact in this world, particularly as a business person, sustainability is every bit as important as growth and scalability. Because even looking at it with legacy not on the table, there are people that are going to be depending on you. They might be your employees. Hopefully, ideally, they're your customers. They are going to need that those services or goods, even if you disappear tomorrow. And so sustainability is something that is every bit as valuable. It's, a, it's an issue, again, that's beyond any of us. It's for those that we serve. It's tied to that whole concept of service. You know, we could go on and on and on for hours. I feel quite certain. So um, I want to ask you a lot, one last question before we get to our VIP questions, which everybody knows nobody gets out alive without answering the VIP questions. But um, I'm screaming so, already. <laughs> so I want you to tell us a little bit about your podcast, Purpose Highway, and how it can help our job seekers. Purpose Highway is exploring the times that we are in, which are of not only historical importance, but even within the concept of historical and prehistorical importance. For the first time in all of our history as sentient hominids, that's why I talk about even prehistory. And by the way, some of, some of our non-human hominid relatives also uh, have, have been part of what I'm about to talk about. For the first time, we are living in an era where the trust, belief, and connection of purpose, ethics, and spirituality to the historical institutions and belief systems that have tethered us to them and connected us to them, that as we search for our own connection to those three things, uh, those are wiping away. And that's throughout the Western world. It's happening in South America. It's happening in parts of Asia. It's even happening in parts of the Middle East. Concomitant with that is a secret plague, and it's of alienation and distrust in institutions and each other. Without a solid framework that we all operate in to build and connect with each other through the search for spirituality and, and meaning and purpose and ethics, we fracture as a society. 
And is it any coincidence, therefore, that even, no matter where we stand on the political divide in this country right now, or no matter where we are culturally, almost no one would argue that at least in the United States, we're fracturing. We're fracturing. And for those of us that love this country, care about it, its growth and its sustainability, mm. it's a painful reality. That being said, these crises present historical opportunities for people to delve into their own possibilities in ways that we've never been able to before. And so it, although the backdrop of the podcast theme is a little bit dark, the possibilities, the light at the end of the tunnel is what this focuses on. So really what we do is we talk to those who are connecting to their purpose, who are finding their own pathways to spirituality or to ethical frameworks within which they live their lives or, or connection to meaning and building connections with meaning despite what's going on in the world around them. It presents powerful opportunities. And those who are willing to listen, who are willing to hear those messages will find enlightenment, illumination, and possibly a yellow brick road to their own emerald city of purpose. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. We need it now more than ever. I, I could not agree more with you. Absolutely on everything you said. And I agree, it doesn't matter which side you stand on. You're on a side. We're divided. Yeah. And we need to knock this off. It's ridiculous. So. It is. How do people find you? They've got to be able to find you. Well, when I'm not hiding from public view, just kidding, <laughs> go to PurposeHighway.com, PurposeHighway.com. That's the homepage for my website, and that's ultimately where you can find me. You can connect with me on social media there. You can find out about my other services there, and you can hear these stories that I'm mm -hmm. so passionate about sharing with the world. You are passionate, and I appreciate you so much for that passion. Um, okay, now we get to the fun part. All right. I'm sorry. All of it's been fun. Now we get to the lighter side, I should say. <laughs> All right. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? There's going to be one dark thing, but there's going to be two bright things. Okay. So I'll go with the bright, dark, then bright. Okay. First, my husband is coming with me. A, because he's a good cook. B, because it might be lonely there. <laughs> C, because he'd probably divorce me otherwise. I was going to say, I was, I'm sure there's a big D in there somewhere if you don't take yeah. it. <laughs> no. The second is a little bit dark, but keeping it real. You'd be on Mars. There could be anything going on there. <laughs> so I'd be taking some suicide pills. I know that's dark. That is a little but dark. Really? You know, I want to say right one thing that I've learned, and this is an overly dramatic way to go back to some of the things we've talked about earlier in business as well as life. No one to quit. If you're on Mars and there's no more air, do you want to wait till you suffocate or do you just want to end it on your own? Right? Did I want to leave employment on my own terms if I was unhappy? Yes. Did I want to be miserable and just toil away forever and gradually suffocate? No. <laughs> so a way to end a plight, or at least a, a tool to sort of think about, is actually a more positive thing than we might think about. It's just that it, I framed it in a very melodramatic way. But let's not forget that there is a time to leave 
bad situations. Staying in bad situations forever is not good. Finally, there's a fantastic book that takes forever to read and you can read it multiple times and every time there's a new meaning. It's called The Book of the New Sun. It's by a literary titan by the name of Gene Wolfe. And it is about one person's journey to self-discovery. He was born in a guild of torturers, but along the way he found that he, he had an amulet basically that he came across that um, gave him the power to heal and eventually he figured out it was, it gave him the power to raise the dead. Oh, the very end of the book. Yeah. At the very end of the book, he loses that amulet or gets shattered and whatever. He gives it, he returns it to its maker or, or something like that. And he finds out it, there was nothing special about this amulet. It was just a thorn from a rose bush. He had that power in him all along. Oh, wow. Oh, that just gave me chills. I'm going to have to go read that one. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. <laughs> okay. Woo. All right. So what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? I like to dance. In the I morning. like my well, I like electronic dance music. I now I don't know that I'm boogieing around in the morning cuz my neighbors won't like that, but I do put on my headphones and I walk for an hour to some serious tunes. I love it. An hour throughout <laughs> New York City. Wow. I'm good. I'm happy. That's awesome. That is awesome. So, if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would that headline look like? He rose up to the firmament and lit the room that he was in. My personal avatar has always been Saul Invictus, the unconquerable son. Mm. And that's because I believe that wherever I go, I want to provide light in space that may be dark. Physically, if I'm at the top of a room like a lamp, right, you're better able to you're better able to light the whole room. But even if it's just a little corner where I am, I'm happy being Saul Invictus in that corner. And so what I would like for it to say was that the world was maybe I wouldn't like it to say the world was a little bit dimmer because hopefully I would have given enough light that it multiplied well beyond me. But that a light was gone. Beautiful. Beautiful. So 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 much wisdom here today. I, I'm going to go back and listen to this several times. I know because I really, you know, I sometimes think I'm like, where's he going with this? And then you drop that bomb and I'm like, oh, that was good. You know, <laughs> you bring it out in the guest though, right? A lot of that's the back and forth between the host and the guest. Take so, some credit, Casey. <laughs> I will. I will. So, well, we are going to have to end our time here together, Scott, but I have one last thing to say to you. Yes. You are a VIP. I consider it an honor. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.